there is there is power in the tent of meeting where Moses goes to meet with the Lord. Through the activity of Moses going to the tent of meeting, God began to communicate to the people of Israel the relevance and the importance of spending time with him. And as we all know, we were created for God's own pleasure. And for God to find that pleasure in us, it has to, you know, it has to happen within the ambience of fellowship, where we come to God and fellowship with him. That's what Paul says. God is faithful who has called us to be in fellowship with his son. God desires your attention. He desires to be with you. Many times we think that when we pray, we please God. Or only for our own good. But actually, when you come to God in prayer and spend quality time with him, you please him too. It's not just only in keeping the commandments. And so Moses began that journey as the leader, going to spend time in the tent of meeting. And from one day to one week to two weeks to three weeks to one month, 40 days and 40 nights, you'll be there communing with the Lord. And that, in that communion, it will go to a certain point where you reach a, an apex where God's glory will fall on you. That was the experience of Moses. So that when he came out from the tent of meeting, his face was glowing. That man could not behold him. That was the announcement that finally the government of God has settled in his life. It has become a typical carrier of the presence of God. God has committed his authority upon him. Prayer is not all about asking God to do something and then he will answer you. There's more to prayer than that. As a matter of fact, God's interest is why we pray and ask him for things is because there's something lacking in us. Well, when he puts that in on you, that need you are asking God for, you will see you having the possibility and the ability to deal with them. That's a higher aim. Oh God, heal my sickness. He's not interested in healing you. But he puts something in you that will make you to be able to resist sickness. But many have the understanding that it is, oh God, I need your help. God, protect me. Oh God, bless me. God, heal me. God, restore me. God, do this, do that, do that. No. That is for babies. Those who are babies in the realm of the spirit. But as you mature, what happens is that God gives you what it takes to deal with the encumbrances of life. And that should be our desire every day. To move out of the chambers of where we keep asking God to help us do this, do that, to a point where we become matured to be able to carry what it takes to deal with the affairs of life. On account of that fellowship, the government of God was established through the laws of life, the Ten Commandments. And he brought it to the people. 
And each time he is going to minister to the Lord, he will take away the veil. And after he has finished ministering to the Lord, as he comes out, he put the veil again because they can't behold his face. Looking at his face is to see God. And his judgment will come on you. They were, they were afraid of him. This was the man that used to be with them. They even insulted him. Look at this man who don't look at this man who is overly angry and all that. But now, because of the glory, they were scared of him. When we work strong in God, his glory comes upon us. And if you ever test his glory, you will sell everything, anything in this world that will deter you from continuing the life of glory, you will give it up. Why we are seeing so much attached to things down here, material things, is because you're not seeing the glory. And for your information, in the New Testament, Jesus has freely given us the glory. In John chapter 17, verse 22, he said, Father, the glory which you gave me, I have given to them. But we need to manifest the glory. Isaiah now says, you, arise and shine. For your light has come. For the glory of God is upon you. That glory is the answer to the obscure realities of life. That glory is the answer to the wickedness of this world. You cannot confront the wickedness in the land without the glory of God. You cannot sustain victory beyond measure in the realms of Christ without the glory. You cannot have breakthrough unlimited without the glory. So the currency that answers to all these oppositions and the things that are anti-life is the glory. This is the glory I've been tabernacling us. Paul now says, we carry this treasure in earthenware jar. We must cherish the glory. We must take hold of the glory. We must manifest the glory. The glory is upon us already, but we must work it out. You see, each time Moses went there, spending time with God in fellowship, he was working out the manifestation of that glory. That time he was spending was what was stirring up the glory. Paul writing to Titus, he said, stir up you know, the, the, the grace of God that was, you know, you received when hands were laid on you. You stir it up with quality time before God's presence. It makes you invisible in the journey of life. It makes forces around the territory to fear you. The devil fears the glory more than anything. He can stand before you when you are carrying the anointing. If you are speaking the word of God, he can be there, but he cannot stand against the glory. Jesus in the gospel now crowns it up and says, what shall I like the kingdom of God to? He said the kingdom of heaven is like a treasure hidden in the field that the man found. When he finds that treasure, he will cover it up gradually and do what? Go out then go and sell all he has to buy that treasure. That means he has found something that is beyond measure. And he won't like others to come and take hold of it. That's how the glory is. That's how the glory is. He said the kingdom of heaven is like what? It's like a merchant in search of fine pearls who on finding one pair of great value went and sold all that he had and bought it. We have seen men and women who have even 
give up their life to stick to the glory. What did the saints see? St. Anthony of Egypt that went and sold all he had, gave the money to the poor, and went and lived in a cave for years. What did he see? It came to a point that people from the city were all trooping into the desert where he was. And each time they met him, they encountered glory. People will come, just that his teaching, healings was taking place, deliverance was taking place. That's the glory. St. Jerome was a young priest. He left everything, left the diocese, entered the bush, was inside the forest, seeking the face of God. Because he saw that there was something more than just the normal religious activity. It was in the realms of glory, he began to see light in the word of God. And that's how St. Jerome came about. He's one who came out with the dictum that if you, don't, if you are ignorant of uh, the scriptures, you don't know Christ. That's the glory. So God is drawing our attention that we must come to understand the weight of his glory. And we must pursue it. We must take hold of the glory of God upon our lives. The Christian journey is a journey from glory to glory. It comes in batches. As you work strong in the spirit, as you grow, the glory begins to manifest, manifest, manifest. The glory is the government of God over your life. On account of that, heaven can bank on you. When the Bible says that the posterity of the righteous shall be delivered, it's on account of what? The glory they carry. Look at what God was telling Moses. He said, I'm the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. It is for their sake I'm come to deliver their children. Not for the sake of the children themselves. Because these were men of ranking, of rank in the spirit. On account of the glory they trapped while they were worshipping God on earth. Our Christian journey. What are we pursuing? What do we value in our lives? When we come to that point in our lives where we shall begin to treasure God's glory more than anything in this life in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. And we begin to pursue it and transfer the glory to our children. Because while we are busy, you know, getting entangled with all kinds of things, the devil is also generating his own negative glory and is imparting our children. And they are doing things that human mind cannot conceptualize and, you know, take hold of. Look at that little girl that bought that, that big supermarket. Tell me. Tell me. As mature as you are, if they ask you to burn just two cartons of uh, soap, you know how, you know the value. You, you know, you, you, you will battle with your mind. But comfortably went and set the entire system, eh? entire shop on fire. And she's moving about. You think it's all, it's all Mary? There was a, something that came upon that child. It's not normal. If you like, say it's psychological derailment. No, it's more than that. Even a madman fears car that is coming, right? A madman will see a car coming, he will run. Talking of a little girl of nine years old. Did it comfortably well and walked away and watched it run down. Because of what? The absence of the glory of God. So we need to understand what we're into, and pursue the face of God. The Bible says, seek the Lord while he may still be found. The more you grow in your relationship with him, the more his glory tabernacles upon you. Families, Christian families must seek the glory of God. 
individuals must seek the glory of God. Moses sold everything because of the glory of God. David sold everything because of the glory of God. We must also flow their foot, you know, their foot path and grow in that sense so that our witnessing for Christ can have lasting effect. For without the glory, we can do nothing. May God's word come to stir us and strengthen us in our journey and make us wise in all that we do through Christ our Lord.